This episode contains conversation about sexual assault. Please be advised. Welcome to One in the Shoebot Podcast with Sujia and Ed. We're just two Asian Americans talking shit about shit. Yep. Hi, Ed. Hey. How are you? Good. How was oh, your week? My week was great. What a, it's spring break for my kids. Oh. <sighs> so I haven't had a moment peace, but that's okay. You know, it's fun to have them home. They get to sleep in. I don't have to pack lunches. So that's kind of a relief. It's It's been... A lot. Keeping kids Pack occupied. lunches, babysit for eight hours. <laughs> it's not babysitting, it's parenting. Oh, right, right, right. It's only babysitting. Which just means I locked them in their rooms the with their iPads. <laughs> <laughs> no screen time to only screen time. Right, exactly. No, it's it's fine. Like a lot of people I just didn't have the chance to like take them out of town. I just I don't have it in me this week. I was just like, you know what? We're just gonna have a very chill hang out at home clean the house, wash the dogs kind of week. And they're they're fine with that. You know what? I think things that parents don't understand too, like kids need downtime also. Like I mm. remember some of my favorite times were just like laying in the living room with my sister, just like watching TV and just like zoning out and just like being able to like not do something. Yeah. And I think kids are so over, I don't know what, they have so many activities. Like I have some friends yes. whose kids are in like Gymnastics, they're on track team. They go to this camp, this camp. They go to this sewing class, There's so many things. I'm like, give the kids a fucking break, man. Like, give yourself a break. Yeah, like you drive around all day to all do, day. All, no, I don't, I don't have time. Even just the coordination of it, like the logistics of it, I, I don't wanna, my kids are fine. They're very All of it rotten. sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. It's close. How was your week? It was okay, it was okay. I uh, started working out again this week. Great. Yeah, no, it sounds great, but my- Not great? No, it's great. It's great. It's going to be great, I hope. <laughs> but I also have a herniated disc. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this one has been lasting since Thanksgiving. That yeah, was so like, like five months ago, dude. Yeah, so like standing all day that day, like herniated my disc. And then sometimes it lasts like a couple days, sometimes a week or two, and sometimes it's months. And this time, I guess oh. it's months. So, so normally I like, I normally wait till it like gets fully better before I start working out. But at this point I'm like, I'm getting, I'm like just becoming a blob. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and I don't mean physically, I just mean like mentally. Like yeah, yeah, I just yeah. feel blobby, yeah. you know, especially when you're like sitting in front of a computer working For all day. Sure. So started working out. I work out at home because like I get gym anxiety yeah, yeah. really badly. So, uh, my roommate trains me because he used to work out when he was younger. Mm -hmm. I've always had the mentality of like, I'm going to be, fat as a kid yeah and then when it when my health matters i'm like i'm gonna get into shape yep which doesn't make any sense <laughs> you look to be in shape though stick as a shape i guess i think for me the physical aspect of working out plays such a big part in like how i am mentally like when i don't work out for like a week if i'm like super super busy like i can immediately feel the the consequences of it i get really irritable i mean more irritable than normal um, which is oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I get really irritable, I get grouchy, and then I get like unmotivated to do anything. So it's like, if I don't work out, so I know what you're saying, like sitting yeah. in, like, in like the lethargy of it, it's just like, oh my God, I feel just like shit all the way around. Yeah, and as you know, I'm like super high anxiety. So yeah. like getting tired helps with the anxiety. Yeah. Just a tad. Yeah. I'm like really high anxiety, so it doesn't help that much, but it does help. You so know? now that you've exacerbated your back, does it feel worse than it did in November or is it like the same? So like before I started working out earlier this week, it felt like it was about to be good. Ugh. And then I did arm day. Oh. And then I think the extra heavy weight like slightly compressed my yeah, back. Of course. But I've been doing like extra, extra yoga set stretches. Mm -hmm. So I think it's starting to get a little bit better. Okay. But yeah, it's tough because I, I herniated my disc when I was like 23. 
four. Were you in an accident or something? No. So back in, when I used to live back in Philadelphia, I was living with my ex-girlfriend at the time. And we lived in this row home in Philadelphia, which is like majority of Philadelphia because it's so old, the city. What's a row home? So a row home are, they're like, what's the best way to, it's like, they're like, you know, townhouses are connected. Yeah. It's like <laughs> that, a townhouse is a row home. Oh, it's like, like R-O-W. A row, row of, of homes, homes that are okay. all connected. So there's a lot of that in Philadelphia because it's so compact for it being like hundreds of years old. Got it. And um, our next door neighbor were elderly people. And one time back in like 2008 or whatever it was, it's it like blizzarded one week after the other. Mm. And both times I spent, I think, six to eight hours shoveling each day because I shoveled our front walkway and then we had a back alleyway where we parked our cars. So I did that and then it was street parking. So then I had to dig out my car and my girlfriend's car and then my elderly neighbors, I was like, well, I was like, they can't do this. So oh. I just took it upon myself to do their front, their back, and shovel out their cars. No good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, well, after the second week of the second time of doing it the next week, I woke up the next morning and I couldn't get up. Uh, I've had that. And then uh. I had to spend the next six months living on the floor. Six months? Yeah, because like I at the time, I didn't know anything to like help it. So I just laid there. Luckily, unluckily at the time I was unemployed. I was gonna say, how did you go to work or do anything? Yeah, I didn't. didn't. So <laughs> I was able to, you know, had the privilege of being able to just lay there. And uh, yeah, we lived in a two story home. So I just lived on the floor of our living room. And it was, it was miserable. And I then bet. Ever since then, I, I do something stupid or I stop, you know, stretching and Stop working out, my disc herniates, and oh, it's so miserable. Sorry, man, that fucking sucks. Take care of your bodies, because you know. Yeah, <laughs> and don't don't be like I'm in my twenties. Everything's good. No, no, you can. Shit falls apart. I currently have two sprained wrists. Eh, it is. <laughs> it's so weird I'm how so things align up. sometimes. Yeah, I know, right? Oh well, but technically, <laughs> I hurt myself six months ago, five months ago. So yeah, yeah it's not. <laughs> it's, no, but you know. I, it's really frustrating, like that feeling of knowing in my mind, I can do all these things. And then my body's like, yeah, listen, bitch, sit the fuck down. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, guess I won't do that. And it's, but you know, it's all part of aging and we just have to, you know, take care of our bodies and maintain them. No, fuck that care. shit. Shit. Somebody <laughs> develop bionic stuff right now. Replace my spine. God damn it. Well, something bionic that's been working for me is bionic reading, which oh. is a perfect segue into our, into our topic today. Dun, 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 dun. So today we are gonna be talking about dating and like dating experiences that we've had. And we've asked our listeners to share some of their dating stories. And again, we apologize profusely to our our producer, Ron, for all the emails he had to read. There were so many. There was a lot. There was a lot. but. We've sifted through and we've picked out a few. And the reason I mentioned bionic reading is because I have a really hard time reading out loud um, when things are printed out. And so we've been doing them with bionic reading and it helps so much, which also makes me think I might have ADHD. It's been proven that this format actually helps a lot of people. And yeah. it, it helps me read a lot faster too. Yeah, it, it really is so interesting to me. So if you don't know what bionic reading is, look into it. It's helped me so, so much. I, yes. The first time we'd read it out loud, I was like, I think I'm illiterate. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Anyway, so our first story, is there anything else you wanted to say? No. Okay. So our first story comes from Rudy. 
Ra-Ra-Rudy. Am I saying that? Ra-Ra-Rudy? It must be Ra-Ra-Rudy. I'm Ra-Ra-Rudy. sorry. Um, hello, awesome hosts. You can use my name, and my TikTok is Ra-Ra-Rudy. My name is Rudy. I'm gay, and I'm 28 years old. Buckle your seatbelts, because this is not a fairy tale ending for a first date. I'm currently single and have somewhat recently gotten out of an 11-year relationship. I'm nervous to go out on dates now. However, I've gone on one. The guy was super friendly, yet something seemed off. I begrudgingly found out what my gut feeling was trying to warn me of. We went to a nice restaurant where we had to wait to be seated. He didn't reserve seats, which seats, which I already thought was kind of interesting. You could tell he was bothered when he was talking to the host. Fast forward to us being sat and getting our order taken by our waitress. He started off super friendly and was complimenting our waitress, not in an inappropriate way, which I thought was a green flag at first. However, as the night progressed, he started to get tipsy, and then the liquid courage started. Oh, no. He started to become rude to our waitress by saying she was being slow, telling her why it was so hard telling her why it was so hard to bring us more alcohol and even snapping his fingers to shoo her away. Oh, jeez. After that occurred, I sat up from sat up from my chair and just walked out. I called our waitress over, who, mind you, seemed to be in charge of eight tables and gave her a good tip. I paid for my meal and left without saying anything to the guy. This is our worst, this is the worst date I've ever been on and hopefully the last. Later that night, the asshole text me and was saying awful things some racial slurs too because not only did i walk out but i didn't pay for his portion of the bill oh shit <laughs> he rocked up an easy hundred dollar tab which was mainly from alcohol i blocked him and haven't seen him since p.s i love the podcast you two are such a breath of fresh air i love the content and will continue to be an avid watcher p.s.s Ed, I was just wanted to say you have definitely impacted my way of thinking when it comes to family trauma. I appreciate your vulnerability and courage to tell your story. Sujia, I love the analogies that you use to create that you create to help explain the nuances and connections between racism and willful ignorance. Thanks, Rudy. Yeah, thank you. It's very Speaking, nice. Sounds like that guy was Rudy, not you. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Well, you know what? That's the thing about alcohol, right? Is um, it's always a very quick vehicle to the truth of someone's. What do they say? Um, sober thoughts or what are they? Drunken drunken words, words are or sober, sober man thoughts. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. I mean, I've been on so many dates where I've had the person I was on the date with just get plastered, and I'm like, oh you're a bad person and I'm not having fun and I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm, and, and the way that people treat service people Oh yeah, is immediate. like a immediate like viewpoint into who they are as a person, Snapping I think. Snapping to shoo somebody away is the most disrespectful thing you could possibly do to somebody. You're not, a, you're not above them. No, of course not. And also like, it's like very telling that like all the stuff didn't come out until like the drinks came out. And it's right. like, you know, obviously we all wanna be on our best behavior, but like the drinks should be to, mellow you out and you know maybe be less inhibited not to just bring out your racism and your like yeah. bad behavior like yeah. that's not what the alcohol should be for but better on the first date than on like the 20th date it is but everything this person did just screams like they have no self-control they can't control their alcohol and right. they can't control what they say or how they treat people and like Eight tables is a lot to take care of in a section. Of course. Like in a lot of like, um, especially chain restaurants, they like cap it at like four tables because yeah. even that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Eight is a lot. I'll be honest, I've never waited tables in my life. I've, I've worked obviously like service jobs, but yeah, I never yeah. waited tables. It looks- It's a lot of work. Clearly my wrists wouldn't be able to handle the trays anyway, yeah. so it's a good thing I never 
<laughs> the the one one good takeaway I have from years of waiting tables is I can carry like six dishes at one time. <laughs> like up your arm. To this like, day. So impressive. Yeah. To this day I'm like, look what I can do. <laughs> Hell yeah. I wonder what happened to your sciatic nerve or your, your lower back. <laughs> I wonder. Could it be connected? Yeah. Anyway. Read the next one. You read the Oh. I don't want to say it. Yay. <laughs> If you, I don't know if you know, but my my paper is wrinkled a little bit because I've been fanning myself reading through some of these dating stories. Yeah, they're a, a little spicy, a little spicy. <laughs> spicy. And I'm only saying it this way, and you'll see why in a minute. But I'm only saying it this way because the person wrote it this way. So we have someone who is named Megan. She wrote in, and she wrote. Ed and Susie, I love the podcast and can't thank you enough for sharing your feelings and conversations. Every episode every episode has been such an eye-opening and relatable experience. As a half-Japanese, half-white woman, I've always felt I don't quite fit into either side. Listening to your podcast has been comforting to know that my experiences still fit those of other Asian Americans and has been very validating and therapeutic. I am writing an... I am writing in to discuss the prompt of dating. There is one concept in particular that I continue to think Susie is going to talk about and has come very close to touching on several times. She actually has, but it was right after you wrote it. I surely hope it will be addressed during the episode. The topic is the over-sexualization of Asian women and oftentimes the opposite with Asian men. In the dating sphere, I've always been very cautious and self-conscious when meeting a new partner, particularly men as it can be difficult to determine if it is truly a physical attraction to me or if it is some part of Asian fetish. Mm -hmm. Typically, those in the latter group are quick to let me know. Mm -hmm. One of the most common questions I've been asked by both men and women is some version of, is your pussy sideways? What? This has come from friends, strangers, <laughs> coworkers, inappropriate. and dates. It has come in the form of a joke, tea, serious question, or quote unquote joking, but obviously thinks it may be true. When I was younger, I used to laugh it off or allow myself to be the butt of the joke. Definitely relatable. Mm -hmm. But as I've grown older, it has become a microaggression that immediately sets me off. I have even had a female partner ask me several weeks after we had sexual relations because some of her friends were talking about it at a dinner party. That's so invasive. She thought it was going to be this big, <clears throat> hilarious thing and was mortified when I became very quickly upset. I'm curious to know if this is a common question. I think that Asian men likely get a slightly different version of it related to size. I have stood on my soapbox defending that myth for the dudes out there and will continue to fight the good fight. I can't wait to hear both of your thoughts on this topic. I think more than other races, it is something that has become very commonplace and openly talked and joked about. Thanks so much for your time. Again, I love the podcast and appreciate you both being vulnerable and helping others to heal by sharing your experiences. Thanks, Megan. Um, it is something I actually just talked about last week mm -hmm. uh, with our guest, Guy Tang. And I'll be honest, it's a, it's a topic that I have talked about, but it's also a topic I'm very conscious to sometimes even not talk about uh, because of the over-sexualization of Asian women. And I know that whenever I bring up sex or sexuality or you know, partners or experiences that I've had regarding sex, um, it immediately turns into just this really gross, fetishy, over-sexualized, me love you long time comment section or, you know, and it's, I get it even if I don't talk about sex. So to know that if I do talk about sex, I'm opening the floodgates. And I think that's why I feel a little bit more open to talk about it on the podcast mm -hmm. is that I can speak to it in a little more of a nuanced way. Right. And I can really elaborate on those things instead of in a three minute video right. where I have to just kind of condense it down and, and make it a little bit more 
I don't want to say palatable, but just, you know, yeah. quick to Or understood. make a part two and a three and a four. Which people, you, you look at the views, it completely drops off. Yeah. So it's like, you're not getting the full context. No. <clears throat> and in doing so, I now then can potentially contribute to those stereotypes. So I am very, very aware of it. Um, and I know that as an Asian woman, I almost have a, I don't want to say a responsibility, but I do kind of have a responsibility to talk yeah. about it. But we talked about it last week. We, we are did. always representing our communities, you right. know? Yeah. Whether we want to or not. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yes. Um, I don't have a sideways vagina. Um, <laughs> and I have been asked about my sideways, my non-sideways vagina in, I've been asked about it in all kinds of circumstances, very much like her. I don't know where this stereotype came from, or this idea came stupidity. from. Stupidity. It's so strange It came from to stupidity. Me. What a weird thing. Like if, and I was thinking about the mechanics of a sideways vagina. If I had a sideways vagina, I would, in essentially pee down my leg every time I had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> right? Like, cause everything would be this way. Yeah. So, no, yes. So I have been asked that a million times. Would the times. clitoris be on the left or the right? Well, I don't know. Would is that like being on... right-handed or <laughs> yeah, left that's what I was about to say. <laughs> is it like, does it match? Is it right. the opposite? Like right. the brain works? And also, how would sex work? I, it would. You'd have to be perpendicular. It just had to be <laughs> anal, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, there's only one way. <laughs> but again, you know, the topic of Asian women and their sexuality is, I think especially after the, the spa shooting, Yes. Um, I became really, really reluctant to talk about it um, because I know that with the sexualization and over-sexualization of Asian women, it often then begets violence against Asian women. And so I know that not talking about it is the wrong thing to do, but I know that talking about it has been a very difficult thing to do. And it's been really challenging for me, um, which is which actually really sucks because I love talking about sex and sexuality and, you know. It's human. Yeah, right, a very human, natural thing to talk about. I feel really stifled about it, but I, you know, I wanna thank you for bringing that up, Megan, because I know how important it is and I kind of have been avoiding, I don't wanna say avoiding it, but avoiding it. I have been because I know what it can do. So that that kind of gives me a little courage to to do it. Because it's like twofold, right? Like sometimes you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to give idiots an idea, right, right. even though it's not an it's original the idea. Effect. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. But at the same time, you're also like, look, I need to. This is dumb. You're <laughs> dumb. All of it is dumb. You right. know what I mean? Like our eyes are just shaped this way. Right. It's not because our eyes are perpendicular right. to white people's, our mouths are the right. same. Like, what the fuck dumb shit are you talking about? Like, what is happening? Like, who was the first person to say that? Right. Like, who was the first person to say that? Like, what was the experience that they had? They were like, you know, Asian women have, like, where would that have, I don't know. If anyone knows the historical context is that, I would love to know. Yeah, I don't know that I have the strength to do a deep dive into sideways pussies. I just can't do it. I don't have the personal, I don't have the, like the strength to do the deep diving, but I will right. look at all the artifacts you bring up. Yes. <laughs> right. And this topic again, you know, goes to what we talked about last week also with Guy Tang is the the divergence between how Asian men are perceived as far as their sexuality goes versus Asian women are, and their perception, you know, like Asian men are, you know, I'm sure Ed would love to speak about it, you know, the emasculization of Asian men yeah. versus the hypersexualization of Asian women. No, it's it's true, but but it's like weird and I think the I think the emasculation of Asian men happens because white men want to sexualize and own Asian women. Mm, so in order to do that, I think they have to put down Asian men so it looks like there's no competition mm. to make themselves feel better because I've experienced both. Yeah. 
I've experienced both being emasculated by men, but then also being fetishized mm. by women and actually men as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. literally felt both. So yeah. it's so it's definitely understandable. And just like Megan said, when people have a fetishization, they let you know right away. Ugh, oh my God. Sometimes it's too late. Yeah. I'll tell you why in a minute. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. I do know what you mean. Yeah, yeah no. But like, they'll be like, I love Asian guys. Nope. Red flag. Yeah. I love no. Korean. Nope. Mm. I love cake. Nope. nope. None of it. <laughs> nope. Nope. Or like, I understand like liking those things, but like they also have to understand like how we perceive those things and their lack of trying to like be aware of that tells me like that maybe as a partner, this is not a good person to partner with. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I know tons of people that love BTS and Blackpink and whatever. But like when that's like one of the first things you bring up to me, yeah. it's like. Unless mm. you're trying to tell me that black, I'm like joining Blackpink. Like I don't understand right. what that has to do with me. <laughs> right, like right. what? Right. Um, the fetishization of Asian women, like that's something that I have had. Like my husband, um, I'm the first Asian woman he's ever dated. And actually my ex-husband too. Hmm, something to think about. Anyway, but the one time I was dating this man and he asked me what my Korean name was and I told him and that was it. I didn't hear anything else about it. We didn't like talk about it and he didn't like really seem to like fetishize me at all or whatever. And we got to the stage where we were intimate with each other and he started calling me by my Korean name. Oh God. And I was like, oh God. Oh what? God. Maybe it just like slipped out and he was just like, <laughs> I was like, Okay, I feel like he'd never called me it before. He called me Susie the entire time. And I was like, okay, maybe maybe that's not, maybe it just like happened. And then it happened again. I was like, ew, okay, now it's now it's gross. In the and same time? It was like- Different time. Different times, oh God, two different times. I feel so dirty. Like how did I, I not pick up on it? Or like, why did I ignore it the that's first what I mean. time? Yeah, yeah oh, like yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. like, it, why didn't I pick up on it? He overtly said it, I was yeah, like, yeah. It was like, oh God, okay. well, Because you don't want to believe it. No, I didn't, like, exactly. That's creepy. Like, you can't be, right? Yeah. I, at first I thought like maybe he was just like, it was just so passionate, he just overtook him and he just like, it just happened and like, I don't know. I I, I don't know. Then the second time I was like, I gotta get the fuck yeah, out Yeah, cause of you're here. a media like, We're what done. are you envisioning in your head, you fucking weirdo? Gross, gross. I'm sure it has something to do with me in a kimono and I just don't want to be here anymore. I gotta get the fuck out of here. I got, no, don't put that chopstick in my hair. I swear to God, <laughs> like I'll fucking freak out. Uh, you know what else I don't really love is when people are like, oh, you're the first Asian guy. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if it's true, it's one thing, but when people say it so quickly. Right, right. It's like, you don't know anything. Am I the first smart guy you've dated? Right, am I the right. first, like, you, you didn't mention any of those right, things. Why right. am I just in this box? Yeah, with, with my husband, my husband now <laughs> my husband <laughs> just um, stop throwing in our faces that some of us are so single <laughs> he i actually asked him because i was like i need to know like is this like a i didn't know anything at the time i was like is this a fetish thing is this like a you actually like me thing and i was like how many how many women outside of your race have you dated and he was like oh a few and i was like any asian woman he's like actually no you're the first asian woman i've ever dated it was like a oh no actually i haven't not like a no i haven't and this is my first experience and i'm really excited <laughs> like it wasn't like that so yeah, i was yeah, like yeah. all right this can this can go to the next level and he hasn't he doesn't call me by my korean name at all so that's good that's funny because recently not that long ago maybe like two years ago there was this um 
girl that I had just recently started hooking up with, she was black and she, I forget who initiated it, but at some point I was just like, am I the, you don't, you don't like, was your last ex Asian? She was like, no, she's like, actually you're the first Asian guy. And I think uh, I was like prodding around a little bit too much to try to find out if it was a fetish mm. because like, some of the fetishizing of Asian men that I've I've personally experienced did come from black women. So I was just like a little really? cognizant, you know? So <laughs> um, I asked and I think it turned her off because then I didn't hear from her again. Hi. Uh, hey, if you're watching. Yeah. Call him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember one time I was out, um, I was dating a black man and we were at some restaurant and he was like, we got to get out of here. And I was like, why? Like, what's what? What's wrong? And there was a table of older Korean people oh. over at, at another section, and he said that they were staring at us, and he could tell that they were like judging us and talking about us. And I was like, "Why do you care?" He's like, "Because it really bothers me to know that people think that you shouldn't be with me, and that your people think that you shouldn't be with me." And I was like, "Can we like? First of all, they're not my people. I don't know them. My people yeah. are my parents, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. my people are my sisters and yeah. my cousins, and they're fine with it." So like, why? So it was like interracial dating. I think when you have two too people of color, two yeah. marginalized communities, I think it's so much more complicated. It's yeah. it's so we're both cognizant, right? Yeah. He was so aware of it, and like to the point where he like. We stopped dating, and not because of that, but like he would talk about it a lot, and I think it really bothered him. And I was like, "If this is bothering you this much, like I don't know how to fix that because I can't change the world around us. I can just do what's what I'm doing here." Yeah, you know, and it was it was a bummer. He was a nice guy. Eh. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching, how are you? I hope you're doing well. <laughs> um, so that takes us to our next story. It does. It does. Uh, this one looks like a long one. From Jamie. Okay, you wanna start this one? Okay. Wanna go halves and halves? Sure. Okay. Sujia and Ed, I'm gonna start this email with sharing my love for you and then going into a dating story. From the bottom of my heart, your podcast is purest form of therapy for me. I'm a first gen Korean American and eldest daughter, which is hashtag trauma to the highest degree. And hearing your experiences with your parents makes me feel like I'm not alone. Hmm. Thank you, because uh, these people, you guys telling us really helps us feel like we're not alone too. Oh, for so. sure. This year I'm turning 30, you lucky bitch. Hey baby. I'm having a tough time navigating my relationships with my parents, realizing all the traumatic things that have been happening growing up. My dad never apologizing, my mom commenting on my weight, never being allowed an opinion, the list goes on. And on and on. Thank you for existing, sharing your experiences, and being my unni and oppa through my headphones. <laughs> okay. okay, dating. I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood in northern New Jersey, and Whoa. so assimilating was how I survived. When I was a junior, when I was in junior high, oh, sorry, a junior in junior high. Nope, sorry. <laughs> when I was a junior in high school, I experienced the first microaggression in recent memory from my boyfriend at the time. He said to me, when I look at you, I don't feel like you're Asian. I feel like you're a white person like me. <laughs> what? When I tell you I was shocked, I was shocked. I always felt othered growing up, but when the person I was dating said that he doesn't even see me for my Korean identity, it really fucked me up. It seemed like just because I spoke perfect English and was Americanized, he didn't see me for the complex human I was. Yikes, that's no. gross. Since then, I've experienced the ups and downs of dating people from all different ethnicities and backgrounds. However, my current partner, who's the most Scandinavian man you can imagine, has embraced my Korean culture more than anyone I've been with. 
When I'm not at home, he's on YouTube watching Korean history videos and learning about how our culture has evolved since the Korean War. He always wants to go to Annandale, Virginia to get boba tea and Korean pastries. He is so respectful to my parents and will literally go on Google Translate to, to send texts to my mom. Be careful with that. <laughs> Only because Google is very unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> I think through this relationship I've experienced, I've realized that respect for other cultures doesn't have to do anything with the color of your skin. He has shown me more love and appreciation than anyone else. Mm. This has been a long-winded email. I'm so sorry. Love you guys so much. Bye. Bye. Jamie, that wasn't long-winded at no. all. Gosh, that whole like, you're basically white. It's like, um, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Even a little bit white. Um, I don't know why people think that's an okay thing to say, especially somebody that you're dating. It's like, so you don't see me for the life that I've lived, for the experiences that I've had, the trauma that I've endured, like all of these things. You don't see those things. You just see me as like a whatever. Like yeah. A, like, it's. I mean, it's so triggering for me, as I mentioned in the last episode, mm -hmm. like being told you're the whitest person I know. And I think some people mean that as a compliment. Right. Like, hey, you're fitting in. Like you don't have an accent at all. Yeah. And like you haven't done karate or pulled out your nunchucks even one time. And when people, when I get offended, I don't think people realize that like, I don't think you understand you're implying right. that white is better, better right. and that look at you being able to achieve whiteness and right. I don't want to achieve whiteness. Right, like you're congratulating me right, right. now? You're telling me that I've achieved something when all I've done is exist the way that I am. Right, so yeah, that's not, it is not a compliment. Please stop saying that. Like, it's the same thing as saying I don't see color. There's right. color. Right, see the color. If you don't see the color, then you don't accept yeah. the, the things that somebody has been through and I think that it's such a, colorful like life that somebody has lived that you're just completely ignoring like that's saying so that you don't discriminate against color and saying that you don't see color are two totally different, very things. different things very very different one is offensive the right. other is just great right right i i have so many people in my life that are all different backgrounds ethnicities religions the idea that i would tell somebody that i don't see them for their full identity is so i think I don't know, it's really disrespectful to me. Like It's erasure. It is, right? That's exactly what that is. It's like cultural genocide. Maybe that's a little insensitive to say, but you're like, you're racing their their history, right. their culture, right. everything. The validity of their experiences. Right, I think their is, different viewpoints. Like those are the things that you should love about other people. Right. You know what I mean? The fact that they can bring other opinions, viewpoints, ideas that you don't have. Like that's what makes, that's what's supposed to make this country great. I have a friend, she's a very close friend, and I love her very dearly, and I know that she means well. There's a big butt coming here. One time she says to me, because she loves Korean food, she's like, I'm basically Korean. I was like, mm, okay. I say, I hope you accept this with the intention of, with the way I wish to. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, <laughs> listen to me, you stupid bitch. No, and I was like, I, I see what you're trying to say, and you're trying to show me love and acceptance through my food, and you know how much that means to me, and I really do love that. But when you say that, you are basically erasing all of the experiences that I've had as a Korean woman by saying it's just so easy to just be a Korean woman. And I've experienced things that you will never experience, and just because you love kimchi does not mean 
it doesn't give you permission to say that. And when you say that, it really minimizes my experiences. And she, of course, was incredibly apologetic and has never said anything like that since. And I think that a lot of people will very innocently say things like that, like, I don't see color, or I'm basically blah, 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 because I grew up with X, Y, and Z. And it's like, you're not considering why it's so important that you understand who I am as a full individual. And if you did, these things wouldn't roll off your tongue so easily. Right. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. I love kimchi. So I'm basically Korean. I was like, yeah, listen, we're yeah. about to lose our friendship right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. This it's, is about to end really at weird best, for you. It's a little cringy. It, yeah, I know. At best. I know. Great friends. I love them. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> our next one comes from, let's see, how did they sign it off? No name. Anonymous. Our next one comes from an anonymous writer. Anonymous says, hi, Ed and Susie. Love the podcast and everything you two are doing. Never have I related to a podcast slash talk show type thing so much, minus the language and immigrate, immigrant parents part. The reason being, I was adopted from Korea by two Caucasian parents when I was just three years old and grew up in central Pennsylvania outside Harrisburg. Love my parents, though. I see them as my only and true parents and always have, but I won't get into the adoption stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of adoption stuff. Um, lots of farmland where I was growing up. So as you can imagine, there were barely any Asian people at the time. It was an area where my parents got asked if they were going to teach us English <laughs> when we were babies and were out and about with, when we were out and about with them, just to paint the picture of the area, which leads me to the dating stories and some common recurring micro and macro aggressions that happened. One story is a college girlfriend, Caucasian, blonde, sorority from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, who is also known for the Amish, just explaining how white the situation was, LOL. <laughs> Sounds pretty white. Yeah. Basically, dating her, I was never welcomed in her family. Even after a year of dating or longer meeting her parents, older sisters, older sisters' husbands, whom of which were black. So from the outside looking in, I thought, well, this family is at least possibly open and maybe somewhat progressive. But turns out, not really. Mm. I would always get the feeling that I wasn't welcome or just like the spidey sense of being uncomfortably con uncomfortable constantly. One time particularly, they knew I was coming over, yet they invited this white guy they were trying to set her up with, even what? with knowing I would be there, and we'd been together for a while at this point. I gave her a coach watch as a gift. It was a time when coach was crazy popular back in the day. Her nice. sister saw it and immediately pushed her into the pool after she put it on. It got messed up right away. They, then, they literally were physically pushing them together to talk. Oh my God, that's so fucked up. That's really what? messed up. It was the most awkward thing, and by awkward, I think they mean fucked up. Yeah. I ended up getting out of that relationship. She did end up dating that guy. Ew. He then ended up being addicted <laughs> to heroin and OD'd. Whoops. Yeah, I almost started laughing before the OD part. And I am not saying that insensitively, but felt it was important that obviously things were ignored because of the preference of race and races within the family. Wait, OD doesn't necessarily mean died, though. Oh, yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, so sorry, sorry. Did I he just, die? No, 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 I don't think so. Okay. I, we don't know. But my mind, yeah, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to imply that. But then, as a straight cis male... Some common observations and common things I have dealt with. Being out with white girls and them getting comments about why are you with an Asian guy? It was never a, it was never a competition about money, jobs, cars, clothes, or even physical appearance. It was just a comparison of I am Asian, they are not. So they would be better fit for some reason. Well, we know the reasons they're thinking, racist motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Another thing. 
The girls think I was going to have a small penis and then be surprised that I didn't. Not saying <laughs> I'm <laughs> porn star huge, but it's not like the stereotype goes. Girls would literally bring it up as sexy time was happening. Like, huh? what the fuck? Yeah, like nothing will. I mean, I, again, another thing where I think people think it's a compliment, but it really just. Your dick's not as small as I thought yeah, it was. It, if anything, like, it just like what? immediately takes away the magic of the moment. Yeah. You're like, why are we talking about this right now? Well, I, I've never had that experience, but I've never had a man be like, your pussy's not as sideways as I thought <laughs> yeah. it was going to be. Like, or like, imagine if someone was like, oh my God, your pussy's not as like loose as I thought it was. Like what weird shit are we like, who does that? Why is that appropriate in any other situation? It's not a compliment. It's not, I mean, you think it is and it's not that it's offensive, but it's just like a weird thing to bring up at the at a weird time. You can finish it out. And lastly, sorry, I know I'm jumping around a lot and not telling much of a story, but the fetishization of Asian men. At the time I thought it was cool. Girls wanted me to be their first Asian or I was their first Asian guy until I realized it felt dirty and being used. I wasn't seen as a person. I was seen as a thing or like weird accomplishment or just a notch on their belt to say they've been with an Asian guy. Sorry for rambling on and being so jumpy. Yeah. Could go on forever with this stuff. Love the podcast and everything you two do. Thank you, Anonymous. No, you didn't jump around at all. I think I think that's the thing though, right? Is like when we talk about dating and being out and about, these all these topics come up. So like it's it makes perfect sense that all yeah. of this would show up in an email regarding dating, you know? Yeah, the, like I said before, the the fetishization just feels weird. And like growing up as an only child of a single mother, I noticed from a young age oh, the way no. my mom was sexualized. Yeah, And we're talking about throughout the years, I've noticed that my mom wore more and more masculine clothes. Mm. And I'm just realizing right this second as, I'm as we're piecing this together that I think she started dressing more masculine to stop getting hit on and yeah. stared at all the time. I used yeah. to watch like older dudes, like literally like staring and drooling at my mom, like grocery shopping. Yeah, yeah. And I like always used to skeeve me out. So I've like always been very hyper aware of the over-sexualization of Asian women. And then the sexualization of Asian men is also the same thing. It's like, well, not as much because of the power dynamics, obviously, but <laughs> it's happened, you know? Right. Um, like, I'm getting a little sweaty because I can't believe I'm about to say this, but like I've been raped before. Oh my god! By a woman, like, and I know, and like, and I know, like the stigma that comes with that. But like, uh, someone drugged me once. Oh my god! And man. then yeah, and then like she had sex with me when I was like all fucked up, and like uh, it like happened in my own apartment, nonetheless. So like, all of it is very much like, you know some accountability on me, but like. Well, that's not accountability Yeah, I know, you. I know. But I'm just saying like from the way as in like the way people would explain or say stuff, you know what I mean? I'm like in disbelief right now. I'm so sorry yeah. that happened sorry, to you. Sorry, I'm getting like really sweaty just even thinking about it. Jesus but Christ. Yeah, it was like really traumatic. And when did this happen? Like, I don't know how much I was like 19. Oh my God. She wasn't even that much older. We like worked at the same place. She was my, my supervisor. She like came over and like my, other friend was there and like we were drinking tequila and then like she drugged me at some point and then what like, the fuck yeah and then like my friend even thought that i was doing consensual until afterwards i was like i don't remember anything that happened i was like i never wanted to sleep with her and he was like oh shit and i was like oh shit, oh, shit. yeah so it was even like you know what i mean and for the longest time i like even struggled i was like no like i was like it happened at my apartment i was like my friend was literally 
outside. You know what I mean? He was like there. And I was like, I was like, I'm like a foot taller than her. You know what I mean? So like all of these things like went through my head, but I mean, that's what it was. I would have, if I wasn't taken advantage of, I would have never slept with, like I was not interested in her whatsoever. Did anything legal ever come of it or did you? No, I think, you know, nothing ever came of it because I felt ashamed. And uh, I don't know that even to this day, I feel comfortable thinking that that's what happened. You know what I mean? Which is probably why I'm getting so sweaty right now. But um, yeah, and I think I'm only telling this story because now I'm realizing that like, if this has happened to you, like it's not okay. You know what I mean? Like, and like, I'm sure there's gonna be some comments of people, you know, trying to shame me or whatever, but- Fuck you if you do. Fuck you if you do. How about that? Oh man, I think I might cry. (laughs) But it happens, you know what I mean? And. and that's why it's like, it is dangerous. Like any fetishization whatsoever, yeah. um, it can happen. And I don't know, you know, cause after that I like shut down and she basically quit and left. So like she knew she did something wrong too, yeah. even though I never brought it up. She probably knew because like I wasn't, I was different after, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Well, she should have known that by drugging you and doing that to yeah, you, yeah, she yeah. should have known like, oh my God, I'm so fucking sorry. Yeah, that's. No. Horrible. It is. Thank you. But I want to find her. And yeah. I, like, <laughs> I don't even remember her name. I remember what she looks like, but I, I like think I just try to forget about it so much and just ignore it. But yeah, it happens. And like, I don't know if she had like a fetish or if she wanted a notch on her belt or whatever. Maybe she was just like, I don't even know. You know what I mean? But I just know I that what, I don't care what her motivation was. Like That's we fucked. said before, if you don't stop the thoughts in your head, it eventually leads to action. That's why fetishization is so, so dangerous yeah. because when you start looking at people like they're things right. for you to dominate, control and take over, right. it's only a matter of time before some action it's, it's, happens. It's not a far leap at no. all. It's just, it's literally just the next step. It's, yeah. A to B connecting right. the dots. Right, you know? right, right. Wow. That, um, I was not expecting to hear that. Yeah, I was not today. expecting to talk about that. That ever was a very open life. share. I mean, yeah. I, no, and and I thank you for being open enough to do that. And I know that you sharing things like that will help people. And I think yeah. it helps people contextualize like why these things are so harmful. So, yeah, but even it was, now I'm like panicking about it. But I know the only reason why I did was if you at know, any point you want to edit that out. Yeah, that's no, totally I, your prerogative. I won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I know that if it stays helping people understand again, contextualize like why these things and dehumanizing them and causing people, you know, giving people reason to think that you're just an object. These things really do affect people in real life, you know, and I by no means want to take away from your story, but I have been assaulted countless times, countless times by men um, in public spaces you know, on the street, at bars, in my home, you know, in in lots of places where people, I've had a man just walk up to me and call me an Asian whore and slap me across the face for just existing. I did nothing. I didn't even talk to him. Oh my God. Um, I've had men grope me um, and say, you know, can I have a $5 hand job? You know, these kinds of things. And you just feel so disgusting and disgusted and I've had, you know, situations where I've been assaulted at a frat house. I've been, you know, like all, like if I really put it out, like I, I think much like you, I don't try to like condense it all into like actual like timeline it. I, Cause it's, it's too much to think about. Yeah, it it's is. too much to think about. And like, especially like being the mother of daughters, I think that's why I do what I do. 
and I talk about fetishization and I talk about the over-sexualization of women if and when I can, because I know how insidious it is, Yeah, you know? And it really is, is harmful. And it, like, look at, and if anybody who says that the spa shooting wasn't racially motivated, yes, the fuck it was. Yeah. Yes, the fuck it was. You don't go to Asian-owned massage businesses without the idea of fetishization and racism. I'm sorry, you just don't. And you could, you, you want to fucking fight it out in the comments, go ahead. But you'll never win that debate with me because I will never falter on my idea of no. what it is, ever. Because it's not an opinion, it's fact. It, it was fetishization, course. 100%. Of course it was. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, knowing that women have, and men, have suffered these kinds of things because of our race, it's, it's, I don't even know if I can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, and that's like, that's like on the extreme end, on the very, at the very least, I've noticed even like through people that I know or even like TV shows, mm -hmm. when people fetishize you, mm -hmm. they don't love you for who you are. Mm -hmm. They love the idea that you're, whatever fetishization they have of your identity, or at least the identity they project onto you that they think defines you, right. you know what I mean? and. Like even as, and I know this one's gonna be a ridiculous example, but even on like the last season of like 90 Day Fiance, mm -hmm. there was this one and I made a couple videos about it. Oh yeah, yeah, Of yeah. this woman, she was like in Oklahoma or Dakota or something and she clearly had a fetishization for Asian men. And I made videos about her because hers was so right. blatant. And even with her, when he was taking a little bit longer to come here, she immediately cheated on him with another Asian guy. Because again, it wasn't ab about him. It wasn't about him. Right. She just wants an Asian guy. Right. You know what I mean? So like at the very least, you have to realize if you're being fetishized, if you know something on the extreme end doesn't happen, at the very least, like realize that you're not being looked at or treated as a human right. being. You're looked at as this like as if somebody was like, Hey, I love sports cars. I don't care what kind, just right. whatever sports right. car. Which means right. that as soon as that sports car gets old and dull, right. they're just gonna trade it in for another sports right. car. You want someone who's gonna be like, and I can't believe these cars are my analogy right now, but you want someone to be like, I love this car. <laughs> right. Not because of what it's made or what color it is, but because like it's done this and it's taking me places and I feel, you know what I right. mean? Like. I feel connected to it. Right. Right. I, um, when talking about the woman who fetishized Asian men, I remember your video and she was like, I wasn't, didn't she have like, like a samurai sword? And she was like talking, like yep. something like, right? And it reminded me. And she said how she loved anime. Yes. As yes. if that has anything to do with Asian men. Because there's another stereotype for Asian women, right? Which is the like opium den madam or like the dragon lady. Yes. I have men even now and I try to, I deliberately like don't show my body. I don't show cleavage in my videos. I don't do anything. I keep it really tight just to my face because I don't want people to comment about my body for a multitude of reasons, but also to the sexualization. I, I showed, I had a yes. video once where I was like working out and somebody's like, who knew you had an ass like that? And I was like, please don't talk about my ass. Like, what the fuck is this? And then because of that, I had people who wanted me to like, do like weird dominatrix shit. And like, I don't know, like stomp on their balls and like, <laughs> <do> <laughs> I like that. Why? <laughs> and like, like ask me to like send them like my dirty socks and underwear and yeah. I mean, and that's just like this fetishization of women in general, but then it was like, I want you to be, somebody said like, I, I want you to be my dragon lady whore or something like that. And I was like, oh God, like, 
the other end of the spectrum, like you want me to dominate you because I'm an Asian woman. And then the other yeah. side is that you want to dominate me because I'm an Asian. Like it's like- Like the Lucy Liu character from like Ally McBeal. McBeal. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that, or even her in Charlie's Angels, yes. where she's wearing, the Barracuda song is playing and she's got like a whip and she's wearing like black oh, vinyl or whatever. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. So that's the another trope that I have to like deal with right, too, because yeah. I speak very, you know, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking Authoritatively. for? Authoritatively. Yeah. And so people want me to, I don't know, whip their, Boy bits. Yeah, which you like. <laughs> we're not shaming any of that. You know what I mean? Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't ask somebody who had. My reaction was just because it came out of. I did not expect that to, to become, you know? We've had a lot of unexpected conversations <laughs> yeah. today. You know, but like, you get that. Like, there's a spectrum of those things, but none of them are good. None of them are good. No. You, you don't you don't respect me because I speak with authority. You don't respect me because I speak you know passionately about the things I'm speaking about. You just want me to like. W yeah, if you meet a woman or a person who wants to dominate right. in those things, yeah, that's fine. Right. If you found Consensual. me on like OnlyFans or like whatever, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. put it out there for that, yeah, fine. Yeah. But I don't do that. Yeah. I didn't and, ask for that. And to only picture that because you have this fetish because right. you saw those shows or movies right. or. Whatever, I don't even understand where it comes from. And he goes, and now today I'm worrying, he goes, and make sure to wear the red glasses. I was like, ew, and now I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't wear the red glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Pair I wear, sponsor us. Um, so it was like, I, the spectrum of those things is like, I don't know how to even navigate those things anymore. Like it's so, there's so much to have to think about that I just try to not think about it at all. And that's why, you know, I used to talk about it all the time, but the more and more I talked about it, the more people were like flooding me with these ideas and saying just gross shit. And you can only, I can personally, I can only listen to so much gross shit in a day. And I'm not saying sexuality is gross, but being sexualized in that way when you don't want that yes. is gross. In any situation, sexualizing right. anybody who does not want to be right. is not okay. Right. And I, I'm, Consent is key. Right. Every, every time. time. Every time. And that's not like a woke stance or no. position. Because otherwise, what are you? You're just the, you're just the rapist. Gross. Oh my God. Well, <sighs> I love when conversations just <laughs> deteriorate like that. No, it's, <laughs> no, no, it's no. an evolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not evolving. Devolving. Into devolving. <laughs> <laughs> We've evolved into devolving. Okay. And that, that's, a, that's something you can. Take to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> you can crochet and put it on your wall. <laughs> it's like it's like drinking, right? You have to dehydrate to rehydrate, right? You got to evolve to devolve. <laughs> There's like you know that um, that image of all the math equations <laughs> flying at you. That's what's happening in my brain right now. <laughs> Just like e equals mc squared. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> what? <laughs> um. Is that it? Are we wrapping it up? Yeah. I think so I don't even I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> a roller coaster. Yeah, again. as we expected it to be. That was like uh, maybe got a little bit more intense than we expected it to be. But yeah, oh, it was a roller coaster. It? That never happens on our show. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I didn't we, cry though. Yeah. You did a little bit. <laughs> almost. And he made me almost cry, cry again too. Yeah. But I think that we hit the threshold today. That was good. Yeah. We like got to there and then you know scaled it back, which is unusual for us. Yeah. Good. But no, we don't have micro penises, and no, we don't have sideways vaginas. And I will whip your balls if you really want me to. I'm just kidding. I but won't. For s at least five, six figures. <laughs>
In boxes, you know. Like, well, yeah, no, this I'm just be a very controlled environment. Yeah. And also, why do you want that? Doesn't that hurt? I mean, I guess people. I don't. Like it. Know. I, you know what? I'm not king shaming anybody. I'm not king shaming, but Everybody. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody just do what makes you happy. As long as the other person who's doing it to you consent. or with you is also happy. Yes, all that matters. consent. Anyway, thank you again for tuning in to what? This is our 11th? No, this is our ninth episode. Ninth yeah. episode? Next week is the Double big one digits, you guys. Yeah. You stuck with us. Thank you so much. It really surprises me that anybody listens to us, especially after today's episode. That, and I can't believe we're, we've had 10. That's like two and a half months. I know. It feels so fast. Yeah. Doesn't it? Weird. I love you guys. You guys yeah. are so awesome. We really do. Thank we, you so much for that. We talk about it all the time. That obviously, and it sounds so cliche. Like we would be nothing without our audience. But like it's true. Like we would. Just no. be two of us just screaming into the void every day. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me, somebody. Listen. I have really smart shit. I want to say. I think. I think until I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like now. Right. Yeah. Like what words are we saying right now? We're gonna know. let you go. We love you all very, very much. Yeah. Make sure you follow us on all of our socials. You can find Suzy at Sujia one on TikTok and Instagram. And I acknowledge now that last week I accidentally switched up mine and Suzy's uh, tags handles on the screen. It's okay, we're kind of the same person now anyway, <laughs> yeah. so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> you can find me on everything at Etch a Sketch with the J, and you can find us at What in the Shiba. I always want to say .com for some reason, <laughs> but you can find us at What in the Shiba on TikTok and Instagram. As on TikTok well. and Instagram, and yes. then send us your emails. Right? Yeah. To what in the shoebot at gmail.com. What emails though? No, email us your questions. Email oh, us yes. questions or comments about the show, topics you want us to talk about, or just to say hi. I yeah. just like saying hi. Like, I think it's cute when people are like, I just want to say what's up and whatever. I, I love that. Yes. But as always, make sure if you guys are watching us on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and ring that bell. Ding. Otherwise, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. You didn't hit a button again. I did. Which one? I did. While you were reading something on the last story, you I did? pressed applause. Promise? Yeah, 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 I did. Okay. I did. All right, I'll forgive him. Because we bought that fancy thing, and the only thing I know about the thing is that it does the sounds. And <laughs> records everything. <laughs> that's that's a big one. That's not my department. It's <laughs> a big one. Anyway, thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> I fucked that up. <laughs> Okay, okay, bye! bye. <laughs>